0: sox go 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 let's go 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 white sox chicago
1: is proud of you. this is white sox weekly the chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 wgn big show
0: today white sox weekly on the air my name is mark Carmen. And yes, it's true. I lost to Maury in tennis today and I blew out my hamstring. I just got to get that out there right at the start, Curtis. I'm hobbled today. Normally I do the show standing up. I can't stand. I'm going to be sitting. Andy Mazur's got no sympathy for me. He's got the pregame show at 535. We've got a great show today. Danny Farquhar is coming up here back with the White Sox organization as a coach. He's going to start out down in AA with the Birmingham Barons. Learn from Omar Vizquel and Richard Dotson. Uh, and Danny's just a great guy. Everybody I think remembers the brain hemorrhage from last year back in April, which was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen at a baseball game. He doesn't remember it, uh but his wife of course uh, does and he's got three kids and tried to make his way back to baseball, signed with the Yankees was uh with their Triple A club and just wasn't performing to the level that you need to perform to be a big league baseball player and 32 years old, driving back after being released and decided somewhere on that drive that, uh, you know what, it's probably over for me as a player and now I have to figure out what's the rest of my life going to look like and I love baseball, I want to be involved in it and Rick Hahn likes me and so does Chris Getz, and so does Everett Teeford, that's what you do right when uh, you're trying to figure out what the next step is, you call those in your network and that's what Danny did. And the White Sox were like, hells yes, we'll make you a part of our organization. We loved having you here. And let's see where it goes. Maybe he'll you know, be in the minor leagues as a coach next season. Uh, maybe he'll catch on with an orga- another organization. I always look at it like guys like that. You've spent your whole life in baseball. What are you going to do, go be an accountant? I mean, I'm going to go to law school. I suppose people are allowed to have major transformations in their life, and that's really cool, but it's also something that you love, and I think it's just uh, seems like a logical decision, at least to me, that Danny would pursue coaching even at a young age. Chris Getz is young, White Sox player development. I mean, so is Everett Teeford. A lot of young guys in the organization who are not playing anymore and are of playing age but have segued into uh, – Front office or in the dugout. So Danny's uh, doing the same thing. We'll talk to Danny coming up here in about five minutes or so, and uh, we haven't talked to Jason Benetti in a while. Uh, Jason Benetti's going to be on the show. Uh, that's a little bit later in the program. I love Jason Benetti. His 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 uh, his story. Uh, you know, he's he was born premature. Everybody knows the cerebral palsy, and to rise himself up to be the White Sox TV announcer. The team that he grew up going to games watching—it's just incredible—and so we'll talk to Jason uh, about the team mainly, but also a little bit about his journey. And uh, I'm gonna—I'm gonna grill him about the fact that I—I I, I learned that Jason Benetti, when he was at Syracuse, the radio station at Syracuse. Those of you in the business, the media business, probably know this, but those of you not do not W A E R is the Syracuse radio station, and that's probably the most competitive radio station in the country that involves, well, no doubt, that involves kids. It's also uh, just a a complete training ground for so many who have gone on to huge successes, and Jason was running the station back in the day, and apparently, as I think we're going to learn here, some of the kids were not taking their jobs very seriously, Curtis. Uh-oh. And Benetti said, you know what? He
2: set them straight.
0: We're going to have a little pop quiz here. You, had guys, you know, guys not doing their homework, and we are not going to have that at WAER as long as I'm running the ship. And I appreciate that from Jason Benetti, trying to make those around him better. Good, 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 good look. And uh, on the show today, Matt Skoll, who was a big-time prospect with – the Washington Nationals back in the day. And then he basically had a car crash accident on the field, ended up needing Tommy John surgery, and has never quite been the same. But has hung in there and battled his way. The Nationals kept him around for a long time, and he ends up with the White Sox. He had a cup of coffee with the Sox, uh, the Big League Club, last year. Been in AAA all season. Got called up. And then last night, with two outs in the ninth and two strikes, ends up tying up the ball game. And the White Sox go on to win in 15 innings. What a wild game that was. Just complete lunacy with the pitcher in left field and the center fielder on the mound. And the White Sox somehow, someway trying to get a win. And Jose Abreu running all over the place. But that that was something I've never seen before. A pitcher playing left field. He threw out one guy at the plate and nearly threw out another, Velasquez, uh, the Phillies pitcher. And the um, White Sox uh, you know, needed a win last night. They had lost four in a row, got her done, and uh, we'll see if they can get two in a row tonight. So, let us uh, move along to... Our first interview of the day when we come on back here, we'll hear from Danny Farquhar. That is next. But first off, join us as the Sox take on the Oakland Athletics on Saturday, August 10th. That's a 6:10 first pitch. The first 20,000 fans will receive a Aloy Jimenez first MLB home run bobblehead. It's presented by Guaranteed Rate. That's your trusted teammate throughout the mortgage process. You can get started today at rate.com, and to purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com. Hope you're having a great Saturday. It's White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Quick timeout, Danny Farquhar coming right on up on White Sox Weekly. 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly, and there is a new addition to the organization, Danny Farquhar. He's not playing baseball anymore, but he's starting out his journey as a coach. And uh, Danny, this is, uh, you know, you're, it's super cool to have you back with the organization. I know you're thrilled about it, but it's also got to be a challenging time, right? You're in a big time transition from playing to coaching and trying to figure out what's next. So, first of all, thanks for joining us on White Sox Weekly and congrats on the gig. But so, how's this all settling in now that it's becoming a reality that this is your, your, your next path in life?
3: So it's definitely, uh, you know, some days they're a little bit tougher than others when you're like, oh, I can go back out there and play. You know, I can do this because I still have that, you know, that drive to want to be the best at whatever I'm doing, whether it's golf, baseball, coaching, um, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, then I reflect on, you know, my time, you know, in the offseason. I had I started playing catch in June of last year, and just I had, you know, full, full offseason season to really build my strength back and to just, you know, get back to baseball. And I got to spring training and clearly I was far, like we're really far behind, like way farther behind than I thought. So they gave me time and extended to, to, um, to really just get, get me back in my flow. And I felt like before they sent me to AAA, like I was, I was peaked out. Like I had been peaking for about a month and, you know, I got to AAA and, um, I just I realized how far behind I was to all the AAA guys, and um, they released me, and I, I got a chance to reflect on the drive home, and it was one of those where, you know, you gotta you gotta realize, you know, when it when it's time to hang it up, and um, me and my wife chatted, and we've been we've been talking about, you know, wanting to be a coach for a while, and so we we came to that decision.
0: So okay, you're you're on the drive from. Wilkes you're on the drive basically from Pennsylvania, right, all the way across country where you live in, in California. At what point does this conversation start? Have, have we hit Illinois? Are we in are we are we in Montana? I don't know your exact path here, but when did the conversation start and then uh I'm just curious, you know, that, that's a that's a difficult thing to go through and there you are with your wife and you guys have been through a lot and you got three kids and you know, everything that happened uh, last year. What what just I I'm curious what you can tell us about what that conversation was like.
3: So we actually took the south route because we used to, we lived in Louisiana before that and we wanted to visit some friends. And my sister was actually vacationing in North Carolina, so we stopped and saw her too. Uh, so we took the south route and, um, you know, I, I'd been playing, I'd been, um, throwing a little bit, you know, against the beds and, and going to the hotel gyms and working out a little bit. And I actually threw a bullpen, uh, with one of my friends in Louisiana it was almost like after that trip, we spent four days in Louisiana that like, you know, I stopped throwing, I stopped working out. And that's when we started communicating more when I was just like, like, you know, I just, this is a lot of work, a lot of energy. I put, you know, all this effort into it. um, You know, and I'm starting to think about like, Hey, you know, what if, you know, I'm thinking about this being the end. So it was, it was pretty far into the trip, but, you know, we got the ball rolling, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the decision that I made, and um, I'm, I'm excited for the next step and moving forward.
0: So, moving forward, it looks like some double A action, huh? And you got Omar down there, who one of the greatest uh, shortstops, certainly defensively, in the history of the game, uh, managing the uh, Barons. And you've got Richard Dotson, who knows a thing or two about pitching. And you're going to be kind of, I guess, hanging out and. and trying to figure out if this is for you is that about accurate yes yes um
3: definitely going there to just learn um from the other side and and just kind of see what what a coach's um you know routine is and and I'm, i'm definitely going there to learn and and see what what the coaching side is all about and then you know and then obviously chris has told me like he's very open to kind of what i like and what i don't like and you know, we'll obviously revisit that when we get to instructs and see what I like to do. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just thrilled for this opportunity more than anything.
0: I mean, you've got all these guys around your age, Chris Getz, Everett Tiford. I mean, these were guys who uh, had big league careers and had to make a decision at some point themselves. You know what? It's it's time to move forward. So I'm sure there's conversation that can be had. And they probably understand exactly where you're at.
3: Yes, and I have a good buddy here in town, um, Alan Craig,
0: who
1: yeah.
3: um, he's working with the Padres, and he was over our house last night, and you know just chatting with him about his transition because he he was a player in spring training, and then he trained at the end of spring training we didn't break with the team he just he wanted to um, he wanted to go into front office slash coaching work. And, you know, we had a good talk last night about, about the transition phase. So it's it's nice to surround yourself with, with people who've done it and, um, you know, that, that you have that little support system with you. And the baseball community is so small and so supportive. Like, it's, it's an incredible community.
0: Danny Farquhar with us here on White Sox Weekly 720 WGN. I'm curious, how much do you think about last April and the brain aneurysm? And I know you don't remember that night, but I'm sure you remember all the recovery and trying to get yourself back to uh, just living a normal life. And uh, you know it's it's got to feel on one side, right, that this is disappointing that it's impacted my career. But on the other side, people that have that injury, they end up in a lot worse shape than where you're at right now.
3: Yes, so I do reflect on it. Um... I would say daily when I wake up in the morning, see the sun shining. It's just one of those where I'm like, dang, I am so thankful to be here. And, you know, I thank God every day for, you know, giving me the opportunity just to get back on the field and, you know, not have no regrets, you know, about about my playing career, about my injury. So, but I definitely look at it in a positive, in a positive way um, just because, you know, it is it is a sad story but in the end like i'm here i'm alive i'm healthy so th- there's not there's not that much sad that comes from it more more just positive and and how i can help inspire people that are going through their troubled times anybody who wants to talk to me like about things they're going through like you know i love it and any sort of insight i can give them um i'm more than willing to help
0: well, it's one of the reasons I think why the White Sox are interested in having you as part of the organization because guys are going to have their ups and downs, and and you, I mean, every you certainly have had yours, and that's I think that's being more and more accepted in the game, right? To talk about actually what's going on in the head versus just just got to go out there and grind it, man. Like like that that level of coaching is cool, but there's got to be a little bit more too.
3: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I bring. Um, one of my big assets is the mental part of the game because. I've struggled at every level in the minor leagues. I've struggled in the big leagues. Like I've just been through these struggles, and no, I'm not to say like I know how to get through any anything. But I've I've been through a lot, so maybe I can help guide people. Like you know, some of the things that help me cope with failure, and and maybe it can help them. And maybe I can learn from the players, you know, how they're coping through failure. So I'm 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 just I'm just so excited um, to get going.
0: Hey, Danny. My name is. Bill Smith, I just gave up three runs in my one inning last night and I can't sleep tonight and I'm worried that Skip is going to call my name again today. I don't think I can go out there. What do you say to a guy like that? Because that's got to be spot on to some conversations, I would think.
3: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me, and I realized it throughout my career, was just go watch video and honestly the, the 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 biggest recommendation is you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are when you watch that video like you know there'll be times when you strike a guy out and it was like you know a pitch right down the middle and they, they took it for some reason and then you're like oh I'm so good and then there'll be another time where you made a pretty good pitch and the dude just he took a he took a lucky swing and hit off the end of the bat and it and it bled in for for a single a two-run single and it's just you know, baseball is one of those games that you can only control so much. You can only control the preparation and the work that that you're putting into it. And um, you know, the sun will rise the next day, and you'll be able to get back out there and and you'll be able to compete again. And you know, you can't play this game forever, so give it your all. Um, that would be that would be my best advice
0: to the guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I hear it. You, you're you're a Florida guy, right? Is, was this always the dream to be uh in the big leagues and, and doing what you were able to do for the seven years?
3: Yes. That was my dream since I was, I think, five years old. And the the Marlins, um, you know, the Marlins were announced as a team, I think, when I was maybe four years old. And I was like, Dad, I want to go play baseball. And he's like, okay. And then, you know, my whole childhood, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a major league baseball player. And they're like, you know, that's so cute. What do you really want to be? <laughs> And I'm like uh, a baseball player. Like I want to be a major league baseball player, and you know, and you know, only only a certain amount of people can do it. But that was my plan from when I was a kid. I it was Plan A. I never had a Plan B, and um, I think that was an asset that I had in, in my head was just didn't have a fallback plan, and um, you know, and and I was moving forward all the way through high school, through college, got into pro ball. You know, I had my mindset.
0: Continue the conversation with Danny Farquhar coming up here after 4 o'clock. Imagine that. Hey uh, there, Dad. Hey, Mom. Yeah, my name is Danny, and I want to be a Major League Baseball player. And can you guys support me? And by the way, I'm going to work really hard, and I have a crystal ball in front of me, and it's actually going to happen. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, that you just, just to have the dream on one side and then to work towards it and to make it happen. I, I, I just, I love those stories. Hey, bring your family of four to a White Sox game for as low as $49. That's with a family four pack. You get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks and four chips. It's presented by Country Financial. Prepare for your financial future one simple step at a time at takesimplesteps.com. For tickets, visit whitesox.com slash fourpacks, and you can enter the promo code VALUE. Ross Detweiler is on the mound tonight, 535, or pregame. First pitch at 6.05. White Sox and the Phillies coming up, but a little bit more with Danny Farquhar after the 4 o'clock news, which is next on 720 WGN.
1: Go. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN.
0: White Sox take on the Oakland A's. That's Friday, August 9th, two ten. 10 your first pitch. You can stick around for the post-game viewing of the movie Field of Dreams, brought to you by Securian Financial, who can help you make every moment count. Find out more at Securian.com. Tickets visit whitesocks.com today. If you build it, he will come. If you go to Guaranteed Rate Field on Friday, August 9th, you will get to see Field of Dreams after the White Sox and the Oakland A's. White Sox and Phillies coming up tonight, game two of the three games. Sed Mark Carmen with you on White Sox Weekly. Andy Mazer has your Sox pregame show at 530. Let's jump back into our conversation with Danny Farquhar. And I was thinking about, look, you're 32 years old, you just retired, you had this brain hemorrhage in your seventh season in the big leagues. What would you want to maybe tell your younger self? And I don't know if people read the Players' Tribune, and they do letters to your younger self. And some of the stuff is just great. Caroline Wozniacki, one of my favorites, who uh, was a... You know, number one in the world in tennis, writing to herself and said, listen to your dad. He's going to say, do you want to be a tennis player? And uh, if you say yes, you can never complain about going to practice. I'm not going to drag you, but if you really want to do it, I will help you. So I was wondering, uh, Danny, did you do you read the Players' Tribune? Would you, if you were writing a letter to young Danny Farquhar, who's dreaming about being in the big leagues, uh, what would you tell him? Have you ever seen no. that? No. So, no, I haven't. So it's a, it's a they're really cool pieces where the older whatever, uh, you say it's Serena Williams or it's, you could pick anybody from any sport, and they're writing a letter to themselves when they're 10, and they're trying to tell their 10-year-old self, like, hey, this is what's going to happen, and these are some of the decisions that you're going to be forced with, and mom and dad are going to say this. I'm just curious, like, what you would have said to, like, a 10-year-old kid who's saying that, like, Danny now, 32 years old, to your 10-year-old like what what would you what would you tell that kid who's like yes I can do it that's what I want to be and some people are going to look at you cross-eyed
3: yeah I don't don't think I would change a thing I mean I had the support from my parents um you know when it's like okay you want to be a baseball player all right we'll provide you you know whatever you need and and you got to go out and do it and you know my 10-year-old self was just just have fun like yeah, you want to be a baseball player, but never take it too seriously. Just go out and have fun. I can't even tell you how many times we would go, you know, to the little league fields and do home run derbies, and we'd be robbing each other's home runs. And you know, it was. I don't think. I don't think. I, I don't think I would tell my ten year old self to do anything differently. Just, just enjoy it.
0: That's cool. Did you play other sports too? I think. Like, I'm just thinking about the parents that are listening right now. Like, see, you got to specialize really early. And then you hear from other guys, Hey, I played a lot of things, and then I figured out that I'm best at this and I love it the most.
3: I mean, so middle school I ran track and I did volleyball. um, And then, you know, I ran a little cross country in high school. But honestly, like, the game of baseball is the one I enjoyed the most. I had the opportunity to play any sport I wanted to. I did a little bit of flag football. Uh, my dad always said that I wasn't allowed to play football until I got into high school because you know he wanted my bones to develop and not get hurt as a little kid. And I got to high school and um, it was one of those where I was like, man, I'm, I'm really good at baseball. Like, I want to focus my fall on baseball so I can so I can go play college baseball. So it was always my decision that I just wanted to play baseball. but I do I do um, you know with, with my three kids, you know, my daughter's in dance and gymnastics, and we've given her the opportunity to play soccer. She sat on her soccer ball in the middle of the field. She wanted nothing to do with it. And then, <laughs> uh, and then my, she, my two boys, you know, they're into a little bit of baseball, a little bit of golf. My son's more into transformers, so maybe they can create a transformer sport. But uh, so it's it's one of those where I do think that being well rounded is good. But if the child, if the child just wants to do one, don't don't say hey you have to do other stuff too um you know I, I tried piano when I was a kid I went to one lesson and I said mom can I please not do piano anymore <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of my my piano career
0: I I outlast you on that one Danny I think I did about six years of lessons I made it to fur Elise, for the record it, and I Despise the whole process, but uh and I can't play a note right now. Well, that's not true. I could play Mary <laughs> Little Lamb. Uh what, what what hey, what do your kids know about what happened to you? Uh, my
3: daughter is the most aware. She'll be eight here at the end of this month. She knows the most. Um, she still she still talks about it a lot. She'll she'll bring up um like when we went to our first baseball game in spring training, she was like, Hey, this is our first baseball game since April twentieth. And we're like, wow, like you know, it, it just it affects her more than we really, you know, truly understand. And, and um so I think I think she's she's got an understanding, and I think it still affects her. But she's a happy little girl. And then my two boys, you know, they're so little that maybe one day they'll see it. But but I, I think it affects my daughter
0: more than anybody. Do you have a scar that's noticeable? So, the
3: doctors did an incredible job of putting my scar like, like just inside my hairline, like kind of tucked away. Okay. When my hair does get cut, you can see it, you know, for a couple days. Um, and my wife cuts my hair because she does, she does an incredible job not to, not to hurt me. And (laughs) so, you know, when, if you really stare at me and I'm not wearing a hat, you could probably see a little bit, but, Honestly, it's
0: it's it's not very noticeable. The hair covers it perfect. You and the wife, Lexi, are high school sweethearts, correct? Yes. That's amazing. I mean, she. Yes. We've been we've been together for like, I think sixteen years now. Oh my god, that's incredible. It's it must have been a. a a, well, I know it was a scary moment for 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 her that night. When you're 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 obviously not, you don't remember anything from that night or uh, the day even before. it, Correct? But will she talk to you about like what it was like for her? I'm assuming she does. I guess she's told me a lot, and
3: it's it's sad because it it's just like all of her feelings, all of her emotions. You know, when I was you know before my surgery and even after my surgery, they didn't know how I was going to respond, whether I was going to have any sort of disability speech impediment. They just, they didn't know. They didn't know if I was going to make it. And, you know, I was out for the whole thing, so I didn't have to experience all the bad, but my wife and and parents, you know, and, you know, and some extended family as well. My sister was there too. And they had to deal with all the the tough, you know, conversations they had with the doctors. And she, she talks to me about it. She talks to me about her experience and, um, I'm not a big fan of, of talking too much about it. Cause that's all the negative and I like to funnel out the negative and, and in the good, like, like the guy from happy Gilmore, <laughs> the marriage <miracle> around <laughs> is up and down and around. I love that movie.
0: It's a great one. And, and look, man, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're moving forward. And, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a great, uh, thing for the white Sox that you're a part of the organization. And I think it's, it's cool for you that you've made a decision and, uh, I do. I am skeptical here, Danny. That at some point you're, you know you're hanging around the field, you start throwing. I'll, oh, my God! It might come back here. I mean, you're only 32, so. But you yeah, know, <laughs> you know who? Who? But who knows? Either either way, I, I just want to remind you: you got to do something for seven years that less than one point one tenth of one percent get to do, and we all played little league and we all dreamed about it, and you made it to the most exclusive country club on the planet. So congratulations.
3: Thank you so much.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah, And thanks for being on White Sox Weekly, too, Danny. Let's let's talk down the line.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark.
0: Danny Farquhar on 720 WGN. The interview sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Hard not to enjoy Danny Farquhar, right? That is... uh, an easy-to-like individual, and I wish him nothing but great success uh, as far as his coaching career goes, and hopefully the White Sox can benefit. And Who knows? Maybe someday he'll be a manager, GM, pitching coach. A lot of, lot of opportunities right there. Let's do a quick timeout. Coming up uh, in just a bit here, we're going to hear from Matt Skull who had the game-tying hit last night in the ninth inning. Matt's got his own journey going on from the minors and finally getting a shot in the big leagues a little bit last season and now up with the club right now. Have been waiting patiently and uh, getting it done last night for the White Sox. Uh, Matt Skull with that game-tying hit in the ninth with two strikes to tie it up, and the White Sox going on to win in 15. It's 720 WGN.
4: Skull waits in the 0-2 with two down. swinging a line drive to right. That's a base hit. That's going to tie the game. A military turn at second. Goins hits third and will stop there. Skull ties the game at three here
0: in the ninth. 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly, Mark Carmen with you and pleased to be joined by Matt Skull, who made us all stay up late last night. Matt skull congratulations. <laughs> that was one hell of a ball game.
2: Yeah, it was. It was an interesting game for sure, but it was uh it was a good win for us. We really needed a win there last night.
0: So talk about your mindset in the ninth inning. You're down to your last strike. You guys are chasing a run. You're trying to make an impact here and prove that you belong. A lot going on.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, you know, I'm just happy with Ricky, you know, stuck with me in that situation with a lefty on the mound and kind of gave me an opportunity to, to do something there. And, um, you know, my adrenaline was going 100 miles an hour at that point. Um, so I think I was just, you know, super focused, and uh, I just wanted to make sure I got my best swing off. And I got a good pitch for him, and um, I think I, got, I saw three pitches, and the one that he actually left over the plate I actually was able to do something with and, uh, you know, push us into extra innings. And you know I didn't think we were going to play 15, but or, uh, but we ended up playing 15, but we came out on top,
0: so that's good. Did Ricky say anything to you before the at-bat? Hey, we're sticking with you here?
2: Uh, yeah, he kind of looked at me on deck. Uh, I was on deck, and uh, he was right there next to me. And, you know, when they brought the lefty in to face uh, – go-go and um you know i looked at him and he said we're all with you so uh i think uh just for him to you know let me know in that situation right there no matter what happened with go-go if he got on when he got on or if he drove the run in or what happened that uh, they were you know he was putting his confidence in me to go up there and um put the ball in play and you know hopefully something good was going to happen and it
0: did that's a deep breath moment right Oh my God! Oh yeah, he believes in me. Like you, you want a bat, but like there's also okay if he takes me down, then the pressure is off me. Like that, it's a whole conflicting moment, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just you know I just kept telling myself uh, you know throughout the year there were multiple times where I thought I may be coming up to help these guys, and uh, I didn't I didn't get the opportunity, and I just kept telling myself that uh, you know there's a reason why the opportunity is now, and um, you know, just for me as put my that I knew uh you know I'm not gonna be put in a situation that I can't handle and for them to have the confidence to bring me up now it means that I'm ready and I know that I was you know capable of you know getting a hit at, at that time yeah and so uh that was definitely a confidence booster for me I, if anything I would say uh, when Ricky kind of said we're going with you and you know you're our guy so that you know that kind of that fired me up I was ready to go up there and you know Hopefully tie and hopefully win it. So um, yeah, I was excited to be in that in that situation for sure.
0: Matt Skull recently called up with us here on seven twenty WGN. You know that's a life memory, right? You're never going to forget that one.
2: Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I've, my short time I've been in the big leagues, I don't think I've forgot any moment. Um, honestly, it's, they all they all seem like they go a hundred miles an hour, but I don't forget them. So
0: yeah, I, and I. I like talking to guys about, you know, you're up there, you're in the big leagues. There's however many thousand people in the stands. Although by the end of last night, there was a lot. It was a lot thinner. Not when you were up, Matt. I guess they were still there right, in the, in right. the, in the uh, ninth. But and then you got some lunatic on the mound who's trying to get you out. Everyone's getting paid here, and you got to yep. come. And you got to calm yourself down. And you got to perform. It's 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 not easy.
2: Right. Yeah. And you know, and, and they had a you know they had a little mound visit before my bat. There, I felt pitching coach for. Phillies so went out there and talked to him. I'm sure he was just kinda of going over scouting report real quick before he faced me since I you know, it was my first day here. So I knew that they had a game plan against me, but uh, you know, I didn't wanna I didn't want to go away from my strength. So I think that was gave me a time to kinda of take a deep breath and even though I was ready to go, kinda of gave me a chance to take a deep breath and kinda, of, you know, lock into the moment a little bit.
0: Yeah. Your journey is super interesting. I mean you were you you were fifth round pick all the way back in 2011 for the people that don't know Matt skull's journey with the Nationals and you you were the South Atlantic League MVP that's a no joke league right there you were the right. na- you were the National as minor you were the Washington Nationals minor league player of the year you had 291 27 bombs 104 uh, RBIs and then next year you ended up getting in a collision and you ended up needing uh, surgery on your elbow. Can you just explain what all happened for those who are, are still sort of learning your journey, I guess?
2: Yeah, no. Um, uh, my first full season, I had a great year in the Sally League in, uh, low a, and I went up and uh, the next year I went to um, Major League Camp for the first time. It was only my second spring training. I went to uh, straight to A after that. And... Uh, you know, when I got to double A, second game of the season, there was a bad throw up the line, and a Space runner ended up running into my arm as I was trying to make the play and uh, completely blew out my elbow. And uh, acquired, I had reconstructive surgery on my elbow, broke my wrist in a couple different places. It was just a bad injury, more like a car accident in- injury, kind of. So um, I actually ended up having Tommy John on my non-throwing arm and um, as well as flexor mass repair. And I, uh, I missed a whole year. So when I came back the next year, you know, I just, when you miss a whole year of baseball, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that's, you know, it's tough, especially on a young kid. I was, re- I was young at, you know, at the time. I think that was probably 2012 or 13. So, um, and really it didn't come back for a couple years. I mean, I always had, would show signs, but, uh, I really had to grind to get back to where I am. And, um, you know, that injury definitely, put a, you know, a, a stunt in my development, but um, I don't think I'd be the same kind of person with the same kind of perseverance I have without without
0: that happening to me in my career. Yeah, so tell us what kept you going during that time when it could not have been easy.
2: You know, I think just um, just the love of the game, honestly, really. I mean, I just... Uh, and, you know, I had I had, had success um, in pro ball since I had signed, so it wasn't like I, you know... <laughs> had a struggle in triple a and grinding you know i was young still my body felt fine you know and uh, I, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel still and my goal was to get to the big leagues and it's, you know it has been for you know my whole life so um i think that just kept me going and um but the injury just you know made me realize how much i you know how much i do enjoy this game how much i do love this game and you know it just made me work even harder
0: Mom, Dad, brother, sister, friend, whatnot. Uh, hey, Matt, hang in there. Or, or were you at some point? I'm wondering. Maybe, hey, man, uh, I know you really, really want to do this, but you might want to think about doing something else. If it was my family, they would say something like that to me, Matt. So I'm curious if you got any of that advice. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, family was, you know, they were sand- they stood by my side from the, you know, from the get go and. You know, whatever you want to do, you know, we're going to be here. Uh, you know, when you come back, you know, you might not be the same. Uh, but I, I don't think that thought ever really crossed my mind. Um, and I never even thought about, you know, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to come back better. And, you know, I, when I came back, I think, I think going through the rehab process wasn't the hardest part. I think when I came back was probably the hardest um yeah but my family was like hey you know you might not be the same player you were and I'm like I don't care like I know I can do it I've seen I've seen signs I've shown signs I just had to, you know stay consistent and um I never varied from my plan um I definitely had you know people saying hey you might want to think about this hey you might want to think about that you might want to think about going back to school you know all this stuff but uh, I just kind of never varied off off the uh off the goal and you know, now that you know, last year finally getting a taste for you know a short period of time up here, just made me hungrier to get back. And you know, I went home in the off season and you know, busted my butt. And you know, I've had a pretty good year here in AAA. So to get back here now, it's just you know, it's a blessing.
0: No doubt about it. Continue the conversation with Matt Skull coming up here after the 4:30 news. White Sox and Phillies coming up tonight. And yes, family Sundays feature tickets as low as five dollars in the upper level. in the lower level. Parking is only $10. Plus, you get the special family-focused activities located throughout the ballpark. Family Sundays, proudly presented by Coca-Cola. Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola and enjoy the game. You can visit whitesockscom slash Sundays to purchase your tickets today. Don't forget, kids run the bases after the ball game on Sundays, which is awesome. Let's get a check of news coming on back here. More with Matt Skoll and then Jason Benetti on the way as well. Busy show, White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN
1: the team's flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly
0: till 5.30. Andy Mazur will have your pregame show at that point. Sox and Phillies tonight. Ross Detweiler on the mound for the White Sox who are going for their second win in a row. Last night's game was just completely and utterly ridiculous. The Phillies turning to their center fielder uh, to pitch in extras as they were out of uh, pitchers. Carson Fulmer nearly won the game, ripping a shot down the third base line, but a beautiful backhand play, and Fulmer thrown out at first base, and Carson Fulmer has now been placed on the 10-day injured list as he was sprinting down to try and beat out the play. He hurts himself, straining his right hamstring, that just sucks. You're you're back up with a big league club, you're trying to impress, you've done your job on the mound. Now you get a chance to bat cuz it's a national league game. By the way, I still think there should be at at best we should keep it as it is, not just a universal DH, but uh chance to bat, not used to doing it, sprinting to first, blows out his hamstring and uh, on the 10-day injured list, too bad for Carson Dylan Covey has been recalled from Triple A Charlotte. He is back, uh, and that's a quick return for Dylan after his outing last Sunday, where he faced five batters and did not record an out. Hopefully, he's found a little nugget down Triple A and can uh, contribute to the ball club. Coming on back now, uh, Sox fans, join us as the Sox take on the Oakland Athletics That's Sunday, August eleventh. A 110 first pitch for that one first 20,000 fans. We'll get a Harold Baines replica Hall of Fame plaque presented by Xfinity, the fastest internet in Chicago. Purchase your tickets today by visiting Whitesocks.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. Let's continue our conversation with Matt Skoll, who's been biding his time down at AAA and seeing a bunch of guys get called up, from Daniel Polka to Ryan Cordell to Charlie Tilson to Ryan Goins. And he's waiting, he's waiting, and he's waiting. And, he's waiting, and I, I, asked him, you know, did it get frustrating? And were you starting to think maybe your time, perhaps, was not going to come?
2: Right. Um, you know, I just found out through my career. Um, you know, I've done the whole thing in the past where you know you, you're checking the box scores every night. You're hoping that your guy doesn't do well, and you know, it just, I it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not the kind of player I am, and it doesn't. And it makes me press more on myself, and you know. And these guys that are coming up and down from this team, you know, these guys are my friends. Um, you know, these are guys I'm out on the field with every day, grinding. And um, we, we, you know, we we go to dinner together. We, you know, we go have a drink together. And um, I want those guys to do just as good as me, you know. And so I found that when I cheer when I'm a team guy, and I want and I and I get the team going, and I cheer for everyone on the team, that's when I'm at my best. So. You know, I just have to trust that the White Sox make the right decision with who's ready and who's not. And at some point or another, an opportunity will arise, and when that opportunity does come, you just have to take it and run with it, whether it's me, whether it's Polka, whether it's, you know, Charlie or, you know, I guess, you know, A.J. came in and got a, an opportunity. I don't know A.J. as well, but...
0: Ryan Cordell. Came in, got
2: his, yeah, Cordell. I mean, these guys that are coming up and down, you know, you just have to take your opportunity when you, when you get it, and... Um, you know, maybe I have to wait a little bit longer than others, but I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, I, I I really appreciate the honesty here because it's 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 something we're full, at the end of the day. You know what your teammates do doesn't really matter if you go up there right, and you right. play great. Well, then you say, yeah, yeah, it's you're, you're right. either going to get called up by the White Sox or somebody else in baseball is going to want you, and that's how it works, right? right?
2: Exactly. If you play well, and you you'll, somebody will find a spot for you. So that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to be, you know, like, that's why I really, you know, this year when I got called up is, and they sent AJ down is, I felt like I actually got promoted, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't like a replacement. So I feel like, you know, sometimes you don't, you never want to go up because someone's doing bad and they're just going to try the next guy, you know, you want to feel like you earned earned it. So that's the
0: way I look at it. Yeah. What What do you, What have you done well this year? Perhaps that uh, has next leveled you, if you will. And I know you you had a cup of coffee last year. And by the way, for those that don't know, I mean you've only had 14 at bats in the big leagues, but you are four for 14 with a home run. You had an OPS of 1,012. Don't look at these stats, Matt Scold. It's a small sample size. Yeah, that's what you got better stop talking about. Yeah, but but it's it it does have to make you feel at least slightly like yeah, I might belong here. You know, that's it's not a bad start.
2: Yeah, no, I never doubted. I never, I've never doubted whether or not I belong. I know I can, you know, compete at this level, and I just was waiting on my chance. And uh, you know, I never, I've never not believed in myself, and I think that's what keeps me going. So, Um, but yeah, other than that, man, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just going to come in here and appreciate every day that I'm here, and put my head down, hang out with with my friends, and go to work.
0: Who are you closest with in the organization right now? Oh man.
2: I can't even, I don't want to make anybody mad. Most everybody. <laughs> don't worry. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, me and, you know, me and Goins been playing together in AAA uh, most of the year. We played together in the Arizona Fall League back, back in the day before, actually. So, um, you know, we've been, we've crossed paths a few times throughout our careers. So, you know, playing together in Charlotte this year, we got, we got pretty tight. So it's good. It's good. And we're lockers are closed and stuff like that. So me and Goins have been kind of getting along and uh, hanging out with each other outside of the field. How about his success?
0: He's been playing great.
2: Yeah, I mean, just Class A, just you know, grinder man. He just gets it done. You know, he puts together great at bats. You know, plays great defense. He just, I mean, same same kind of guy. You know, older guy waiting waiting on his next chance,
0: and you know, he's taking advantage of it. Did you Did you know Lucas uh, Giolito when you were with the Nationals?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I knew Lucas from the Long Cup
0: um, back
2: when he was there and. I remember facing Lucas a couple times and um, in spring training, just on uh, like a backfield, I was coming over from spring training to face. And I remember facing Lucas. And then right before Lucas got traded, he was actually uh, in AAA with us, with the nationals um, where I was in AAA there. And uh, he got traded over to the Sox. So we, me and Lucas crossed paths quite a bit. So we actually, yeah. Uh, yeah you know, we knew each other before and Lopez, too actually yeah. Yeah, I was gonna before say. Uh, before they came over here
0: big difference between that guy right now versus uh, back then personality wise or the same
2: same guy yeah same guy same guy um same talent same i mean he's he's just starting to figure it out he's just scratching the surface i could see it back then you know he was gonna be he's gonna be special he just needed you know some time to figure it out and he's starting to figure it out and you guys are seeing what he can do now
0: He's a smart guy that Lucas Giolito. Yeah, he thinks
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he is he's he, he knows what he's doing. He's taking care of himself and uh you know, he's having great himself, and it's fun to watch.
0: Matt, great to talk. Do you appreciate the extended time today? I know you got a ball game to play. Uh, are you in there tonight? Do you know?
2: Don't know yet. I haven't I haven't checked yet, but uh I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I am until until I'm told otherwise so. yeah.
0: well and you know nationally ballpark you never know what opportunities are gonna come along too so uh exactly hey, congrats on your success last night and uh, great to talk to you today we appreciate the time okay you guys have a good one there we go Matt skull congratulations to him right not uh not easy biding your time waiting for your opportunity and then uh, you know gets called up and hey Matt, we're down to run. It's the ninth inning. Uh, We're on the road. Can you go out there and uh, help us win a ball game? And he went out and he did it last night. So congratulations. Uh, The White Sox lineup tonight as Larry Garcia leading off, Ryan Goins is batting second. Jose Abreu third. John Jay fourth in right field. Loy Jimenez batting fifth in left. Tim Anderson is your shortstop hitting sixth. Yolmer Sanchez uh batting seventh. Sevy Zavala in there tonight uh catching and Ross Detweiler will be your starting pitcher and bat ninth tonight. Detweiler and Zavala have worked together this year at triple A. So no Matt Skoll in the lineup, but there is your White Sox lineup for tonight's game versus the Phillies. Jason Benetti coming up here. As White Sox Weekly continues, spend your summer at the ballpark with bleachers and brews. You get one bleacher seat, two beers for $22 all season long. You do have to be 21 and over with a valid ID. Bleachers and brews presented by Budweiser. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash brew and enter that promo code brew. Jason Benetti, White Sox TV, up next,
1: 720 WGN. flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN.
0: White Sox Weekly till 5.30. Andy Mazur will have your pregame show at that point. Sox and Phillies tonight. Ross Detweiler on the mound for the White Sox who are going for their second win in a row. Last night's game was just completely and utterly ridiculous. The Phillies turning to their center fielder uh, to pitch in extras as they were out of uh, pitchers. Carson Fulmer nearly won the game, ripping a shot down the third base line, but a beautiful backhand play, and Fulmer thrown out at first base, and Carson Fulmer has now been placed on the 10-day injured list as he was sprinting down to try and beat out the play. He hurts himself, straining his right hamstring that just sucks you're you're back up with a big league club you're trying to impress you've done your job on the mound now you get a chance to bat because it's a national league game. by the way, I still think there should be at at best we should keep it as it is not just a universal d h but uh chance to bat, not used to doing it, sprinting to first blows out his hamstring and uh on the ten day injured list too bad for. Carson, Dylan Covey has been recalled from AAA. Charlotte, he is back. Uh, and That's a quick return for Dylan after his outing last Sunday where he faced five batters and did not record an out. Hopefully he's found a little nugget down AAA and can uh, contribute to the ball club coming on back now. Uh, Sox fans, join us as the Sox take on the Oakland Athletics. That's Sunday, August 11th. A 110 first pitch for that one. First 20,000 fans will get a Harold Baines replica hall of fame plaque presented by Xfinity, the fastest internet in Chicago. Purchase your tickets today by visiting whitesocks.com or calling 866 sox game. Let's continue our conversation with Matt Skoll, who's been biding his time down at AAA and seeing a bunch of guys get called up from Daniel Polka to Ryan Cordell to Charlie Tilson to Ryan Goins. And he's waiting, he's waiting, and he's waiting. And I, I, asked him, you know, did it get frustrating? And were you starting to think maybe your time, perhaps, was not going to come?
2: Right. Um, you know, I just found out through my career. Um, you know, I've done the whole thing in the past where you know you, you're checking the box scores every night. You're hoping that this guy doesn't do well, and you know, it just, I it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not the kind of player I am, and it doesn't. And it makes me press more on myself, and you know. And these guys that are coming up and down from this team, you know, these guys are my friends. Um, you know, these are guys I'm out on the field with every day grinding. And, um, we, we, you know, we, we go to dinner together. We, you know, we go have a drink together. And, um, I want those guys to do just as good as me, you know. And so I found that when I cheer, when I'm a team guy and I want, and I, and I get the team going and I cheer for everyone on the team, that's when I'm at my best. So you know, I just have to trust that the White Sox make the right decision with who's ready and who's not. And at some point or another, an opportunity will arise. And when that opportunity does come, you just have to take it and run with it, whether it's me, whether it's Polka, whether it's, you know, Charlie or, you know, I guess, you know, AJ came in and got an opportunity. I don't know AJ as well, but Ryan Cordell, yeah, Cordell. I mean, these guys that are coming up and down, you know, you just have to take your opportunity when you, when you get it. And, um, you know, maybe I have to wait a little bit longer than others, but I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, I, I I really appreciate the honesty here because it's, it's, it's something we're full At the end of the day, you know, what your teammates do doesn't really matter. If you go up there right, and you right. play great, well then. You say, yeah. yeah. It's, you're you're right. either going to get called up by the White Sox or somebody else in baseball is going to want you, and that's how it works. right? right?
2: Exactly. If you play well, and then you, you'll, somebody will find a spot for you. So that's kind of how I look at it. I mean. You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to be, you know, like, that's why I really, you know, this year when I got called up is, and they sent AJ down is, I felt like I actually got promoted, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't like a replacement. So I feel like, you know, sometimes you don't, you never want to go up because someone's doing bad and they're just going to try the next guy. You know, you want to feel like you earned earned it. So that's the way I look
0: at it. Yeah. What What do you, What have you done well this year? Perhaps that uh, has next leveled you, if you will. And I know you. You had a cup of coffee last year. And by the way, for those that don't know, I mean, you've only had 14 at bats in the big leagues, but you are four for 14 with a home run. You had an OPS of 1,012. Don't look at these stats, Matt Scold. It's a small sample size. Yeah, that's what
2: you got to better stop talking about. Yeah,
0: but but it's it it does have to make you feel at least slightly like yeah, I might belong here. You know, that's it's not a bad start.
2: Yeah, no, I've never doubted. I never, I've never doubted whether or not I belong. I know I can, you know, compete at this level, and I just was waiting on my chance. And uh, you know, I never, I've never not believed in myself, and I think that's what keeps me going. So, Um, but yeah, other than that, man, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just going to come in here and appreciate every day that I'm here, and put my head down, hang out with with my friends, and go to work.
0: Who are you closest with in the organization right now?
2: Oh man. I can't even, I don't want to make anybody mad. Most close to everybody. <laughs> don't worry you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, me and, you know, me and going to been playing together in AAA uh, most of the year. We played together in the Arizona Fall League back, back in the day before, actually. So, um, you know, we've been, we've crossed paths a few times throughout our careers. So, you know, playing together in Charlotte this year, we got, we got pretty tight. So it's good. It's good. And we're lockers are closed and stuff like that. So me and Goins have been kind of getting along and uh, hanging out with each other outside of the field.
0: How about his success? He's been playing great.
2: Yeah, I mean just class A, just you know, grinder, man. He just gets it done, you know, he puts together great at bats, you know, plays great defense. He just I mean, same same kind of guy, you know, older guy waiting
0: waiting on his next chance and you know, he's taking advantage of it. Did you did you know Lucas uh, Giolito when you were with the Nationals?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I knew Lucas from the Long Club um back when he was there and I remember facing Lucas a couple times and in, um, in spring training, just on uh, like a backfield, I was coming over from spring training to face and I remember facing Lucas. And then right before Lucas got traded, he was actually uh, in AAA with us, with the nationals um, where I was in AAA there and uh, he got traded over to the Sox. So we, me and Lucas crossed paths quite a bit. So we actually, uh, you yeah, know, we knew each other before and Lopez too actually yeah.
0: Yeah, I was gonna before, say uh,
2: before they came over here
0: big difference between that guy right now versus uh, back then personality wise or the same same guy
2: yeah same guy same guy um same talent same i mean he's he's just starting to figure it out he's just scratching the surface i could see it back then you know he was going to be he's going to be special he just needed you know some time to figure it out and he's starting to figure it out and you guys are seeing what he can do now
0: He's a smart guy, that Lucas Giolito.
2: Yeah, he thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he is. He's he, he knows what he's doing. He's taking care of himself, and uh, you know, he's having great himself, and it's fun to watch.
0: Matt, great to talk. Do you appreciate the extended time today? I know you got a ball game to play. Uh, are you in there tonight? Do you know?
2: Don't know yet. I haven't. I haven't checked yet, but. Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I am until until I'm told otherwise. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, nationally ballpark, you never know what opportunities are going to come along too. So, uh, exactly. Hey, congrats on your success last night, and uh, great to talk to you today. We appreciate the time.
2: Okay, you guys have a good one.
0: There we go, Matt Skull. Congratulations to him. Right, not uh, not easy, biding your time, waiting for your opportunity, and then uh, you know gets called up, and hey. Matt, we're down to run. It's the ninth inning. Uh, we're on the road. Can you go out there and uh, help us win a ball game? And he went out and he did it last night. So congratulations. Uh, the White Sox lineup tonight as Larry Garcia leading off. Ryan Goins is batting second. Jose Abreu third. John Jay fourth in right field. Loy Jimenez batting fifth in left. Tim Anderson is your shortstop hitting sixth. Yolmer Sanchez uh batting seventh Sebi Savala in there tonight, uh catching and Ross Detweiler will be your starting pitcher and bat ninth tonight that Weiler and Zavala have worked together this year at AAA. So no Matt Skull in the lineup, but there is your White Sox lineup for tonight's game versus the Phillies. Jason Benetti coming up here as White Sox Weekly continues. Spend your summer at the ballpark with bleachers and brews. You get one bleacher seat, two beers, for $22 all season long. You do have to be 21 and over with a valid ID. Bleachers and Brews, presented by Budweiser. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash brew and enter that promo code brew. Jason Benetti, White Sox TV, up next, 720 WGN. 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly. It's been a while since we've talked with Jason Bonetti. Great to have him on the show today. Uh, All right, I heard something, Jason. I'm going to jump you here at the start. I hope you don't mind. Rumor has it, at WAER, where you were running the Syracuse student radio station, you would throw pop quizzes out there that your fellow students and people that you were bosses to... Did not like very much, and perhaps these were difficult. Uh, can you explain uh, what your methodology was, and did you weed out any weak candidates who perhaps are no longer in the business in the process?
4: No, we we were iron sharpens iron, Carm. Uh, <laughs> no, what what the point was, and yes, I absolutely did that. That's 100% true, and I realize uh, how ludicrous that sounds at age 21. But we had had a couple of sports chats over the couple days prior that had fact errors like Syracuse's record was wrong, and these are not like extemporaneous play by play broadcasts. so like yeah, you should know the record of the football team and I'm sorry that I wanted people to know the record of the football team, but I thought it would be a quote unquote fun way to get people engaged with the material as they say in classrooms nowadays. so yeah, maybe people didn't like it a whole lot but uh We've got the job done.
0: I would like to say, in your defense, that you were actually serving these fellow young broadcasters. You were making them better. And if anybody has a complaint about it, then that's on them. You were actually doing a you were doing this university right, you were doing yourself right, and you were doing them right. Damn it.
4: The road to hell is paved with good intentions, Karen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess that's a true statement, but uh, yeah. you're not you're you're okay. I don't you don't need me to defend yeah. you, but I I, I love that. Uh, I, I I love that story. And then let me, I got to go one more in on your past here before I got uh, some questions on the team. Then maybe we can get back to a little bit of your your rise in the business. But uh, I'm super impressed, Jason Benetti, that here you are, this up and coming broadcaster. You're clearly have a talent for it, and then you decided to go to law school. I I hadn't, I never knew that until recently. Um, and that's you know, it it just speaks to I'm, I I guess, the way I heard, I was listening to uh, you were on some podcast, I think it was Sarah Spain's podcast, and you were just interested in, in, in learning, which is a something that i probably could use a drop of you know maybe you should do that too karm learn something but who who does that i'm going to be uh, i'm going to go to law school it's not like you were going to like take a cooking class that's a big time commitment
4: yeah if i took the cooking class uh, things could burn down i couldn't burn down a courtroom with my knowledge so the the point being i don't know i just i've always been interested in learning and education and things like that and i realized that It was very fortunate that I had a law school like Wake Forest that would let me do games in the minors and at High Point University uh, doing basketball at the time, that they were willing to let me do that, do both. And I'd miss some time at each end of the semester to go do games, and they were okay with that as long as I got my work done. And to have that ability and be able to do that, I was like, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance you, you line up 100 schools, 99 aren't going to let you do that. And so I appreciate that they did it, and it helped me a ton. Little did I know when I started with audiences, because what you're pitching to a jury in the way you see a case is just like you trying to get an audience to understand through your lens what game they're watching. Like You're the guide, and you're the guide for a story in a courtroom too. So it, it helped tremendously.
0: Did you Did you graduate? Did you, did you pass the bar, all that?
4: Uh, graduated, never took the bar. I actually had signed up for the bar, and then the White Sox job came about. So uh, I, I was going to take it just to have it done, and I've decided uh, to take a rain check on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm good. I'm going to go be the voice of the White Sox. But by the way, if this doesn't work out, you know, maybe down the line, uh, I'd reconsider. That's uh, that's a fair choice right there. Does does Steve Stone know this part about you? Cuz I would think that he would love to debate you in the court of stony, if you will.
4: He, he'll debate anybody law degree or not. So I don't think there's a prerequisite at all for what sort of piece of paper you got to have to argue with Steve. I don't even think it's close. So I think he knows it about me, and I think he also just doesn't care at all because he'd rather be he'd rather be right than care about my education. Uh,
0: so, so even and if, God love him for it. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I just I would think that maybe I would give you even more credibility. Like, okay, I know you're a lawyer, but you know, with Stony, perhaps I don't care what piece of paper you have, pal. I know I'm right, buddy.
4: Yeah, but I like that because we're both kind of uh, stubborn. In our own ways, when we get into arguments, and that makes for a fun partnership.
0: Listen, uh, you're not you're not going to hear me say anything bad about Steve Stone. I've grown no. up I've grown up listening to him. I love listening to him now. So that's just, just for the record. If anybody's getting confused, no, but you now. got
4: you got know you got to have opinions. Like a lot of people who are analysts, and that's why I love working with Dawkins too. He's got opinions. And you got to work real hard to get him off his opinions. And I like that about Steve. He's staunch about something in a world where people aren't staunch about stuff. He is, and I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's you're exactly right too. People don't move off your opinion. That's uh, that's 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 standard uh, procedure in broadcasting nowadays. Have it, be strong with it, and you you, you you better not move, or else you're considered weak. All right, let's let's let, let's do uh, let's do a little White Sox talk here. What what is from your perspective, Jason, what's been the best story this year?
4: Oh, well, the game last night is one of my favorite games I've ever called. That was unbelievable. I mean, that, that was outrageous. So many things happened that you'll never see individually in a game, and then you saw them all together. So, that, I mean, that for me will be an indelible mark on 2019. The best story to me is Giolito. His story is so universal. In that if you tell anybody who's had talent, had success, that they're going to fail, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to fail. And then they get into it, and they never get out of it, and they rationalize it some way or the other. He went into the offseason, he said, this is not okay. I'm going to change a bunch of different things. And he did, and good for him.
0: Jason Benetti with us here on White Sox Weekly. What what's your experience with with Lucas? Because he'll he's more than happy to chat up uh, you, whoever talk baseball. And do you see a noticeable difference talking to him from say last year to this year, or is it just the same guy in your mind?
4: Uh, I think he is more contented in who he is as a member of the team. I think he automatically knew that he was you know a person that. He believed in, he believed in what type of person he is. But now we've heard him say much more this year, I want to do good things for people. I want to spend my life uh, having a positive effect on the world. And I think he felt a little sheepish doing that last year because he was one of the worst starters in baseball. I think it's good for the world not even to be over-aggrandizing. It's good for the world that he's a good pitcher because he has so much in his heart that he can use this platform for. And also, winning games, I mean like that's that's first and foremost that's why he's here, right, yeah, but using the platform is something that he wants to do for a long, long time and and I think the noticeable change is how more willing to be vocal he is about that part of him
0: i love I love what you're bringing up here because you know in a baseball locker room, or, well, in a baseball clubhouse, I should say, and I guess that's, you know, no different from an NFL locker room or even the NBA, but you got a a lot of wide-ranging political views in there, and and Lucas has been been out there a little bit with, uh, you know, his point of view, and I I think it's great that he has the courage to do it, and the better he pitches, you know, the the bigger his platform gets, and we'll see what he wants to do with it, but I think it's a super cool development.
4: Yeah, I mean, he comes from a family that has that has a lot of care about what's going on around them. And he wants to be a part of that legacy. And for me, I, I wouldn't, if anybody has an issue with that, they're kind of, they're living in a way that doesn't understand the world they're a part of. And he absolutely does at such a young age. And to have him have the wherewithal, the money and the opportunity to do that and be a good pitcher at the same time, that's, that's the
0: whole package right there. Jason Benetti with us here on seven twenty WGN. We're going to take a quick timeout and we'll continue with Jason after five o'clock. I give Lucas a ton of credit. Guys, turned himself around on the field, and he's had some courage off the field as well, which is not easy to do. Athletes get in the line of fire uh, a lot nowadays when they when they speak out, as uh, we are. Very much divided, as everybody as everybody knows. So uh, good for good for Lucas. All right, White Sox and Phillies coming on up. But uh, before that, we will get you a check of news at the top of the hour. And yes, you can come out and enjoy the second half of the season with the summer voucher pack. You get ten tickets that can be used at any game in any combination. Don't miss any exciting giveaways, fireworks, and matchups still to come. For more information, visit com slash voucher. News is next on 720 WGN. It's
1: great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN.
0: Thank you very much, Jerry Reinsdorf. Good to have you. White Sox and Phillies coming up here, five thirty. Our pregame. Andy's got that for you. Mark Carmen with you on White Sox Weekly as we're about to continue our conversation with Jason Benetti. Uh, Sox fans, you can secure your seat for the twenty twenty season now, and you can place a deposit for a twenty twenty ticket package to get first access to the best seats, best prices, and the best benefits. Secure your seat today, and don't miss any of the action in twenty twenty. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. As we continue with Jason Benetti, let's bring up Tim Anderson here. And Jason, you were very vocal supporting Tim Anderson with his beef with the Royals, and uh, just it seemed to me that you were almost sort of making a little bit of a supportive statement that you uh, appreciated everything that Tim has been doing this year.
4: Yeah, I mean, what I don't understand is why fun is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never understand that, right? Like, I get tweets down those lines. Like, we, we had the kids that were saying, let's go White Sox uh, in that blowout game on Sunday. And right. somebody actually tweeted, somebody tweeted at me among a uh, 100 positive tweets. Somebody tweeted at me, the White Sox broadcast has reached a new low. They're featuring these kids chanting, let's go White Sox. No, no, you know, humanity has reached a new low. You're actually tweeting this. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about fun, My life needs to be surrounded by fun. It is actually uh, much more pleasant to have a smile on your face. And Tim Anderson does that with some aggression, but it's a smile nonetheless. He enjoys what he's doing and good on him. And I will always believe that even if there are, you know, one or two things down the line that he does that maybe I wouldn't have done that way. He gets to be himself. And this game has too much of a tendency to take the individuality out of the person. There's a reason we do it in the army because we want the team atmosphere and we want everyone to trust one another and we need to have people rank and file. There's no need for that in baseball. You can have a team of people who have their individuality who are playing for one another. You don't have to have militaristic tendencies in the game of baseball especially because it's going to push away a lot of people. And I would venture to say people of color, people of uh, different backgrounds. You try to take the individuality out of people who uh, have different upbringings than you. It's it's your own fight that you've got on your hands. So I, I stand behind Tim Anderson and what he believes in substantially in just about every way. Uh, it's, it, it, understanding that he and I didn't grow up the same way and he and a lot of people who are critical of him didn't grow up the same way and having an understanding of that is, is key to knowing Tim Anderson
0: it's also hypocritical if we can just talk about that you don't do that because you don't want to show up your opponent and there there's like a supposedly there's a toughness in but in not doing that, But in reality, what would actually be tough is if the guy who's on the mound who gave up the home run didn't allow it to bother him. That would be toughness in my mind.
4: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I really
0: think you're right.
4: I think it's mental toughness. I know when I'm competitive and somebody does something that, you know, kind of one-ups me in whatever we're doing, playing whatever game or doing whatever undertaking – the first thing I realize is that I'm starting to get frustrated and it's not at the other person, it's at myself. And so, yeah, when you get, I, I said this at the time when everything went down in April, that if it was a rule in baseball, like make it, take it. When you play in street basketball or like three and three basketball, where you score, you get the ball back. Sure. If you hit a home run in major league baseball and then you immediately got to bat again, because that was the rule, I could understand a pitcher hitting a batter. But when you've had, three innings to think about it, a full hour to think about it, and you still can't get over it, go get mentally tougher. Don't throw at a guy. It's ridiculous. Now, again, if it just happened right after in the heat of passion, we give people leeway for that in our society, and we should, because it's hard to fight your emotions sometimes. You got an hour, and you're a high-level athlete? Do better.
0: Well, it's not even an hour. Back in April, he hit a homer, and he took 28 seconds to get around the bases, and that's why he, we hit him today in July. I mean, come on.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> like, at some point, get over it. It's on the person who's doing that, who's, who's hitting the other person, to be better at controlling their emotions. I will yeah. always believe that.
0: Yeah. Well now I'm thinking about myself on the tennis court this morning when I lost to Maury and nearly threw my racket about three times and then I finally said to myself, Carm, you're acting like an idiot. You're embarrassing yourself <laughs> and anybody else who's uh slightly associated with you. Which remind which brings me to uh how's your foosball game, Jason Benetti?
4: My foosball game. Oh man. It's pretty high level, I think. I, I mean, did you hear that from Carlos Rodon, or who'd you hear that
0: from? I, I cannot reveal my sources, but I, I know. Okay. Th- I know that you play, and I know that you take it seriously, and you just sort of gave a window into, uh, you know, when you get upset competitively, and you know, you give a bad ball, a bad goal in foosball. That that's a moment there too, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, they had a they had a foosball table, and they still do in the in the Arlington uh, in the in the Rangers Globe Life Park visiting clubhouse, and I've played with a couple guys over the course of time, and yes, it's a very competitive undertaking, and yes, I don't like to lose, and now <laughs> I want to play right now. I mean, look, let's do it. You got a table? <laughs>
0: Go. I, I, I just got a visual. I'm sure you'd be, you'd be willing to do this. If we could... Uh... You know, super competitive people. I'm thinking of former Birmingham Baron. Uh, he also played for the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. Jordan versus Benetti Foosball. Let's go.
4: I mean, I mean, look, Jordan, you talk about iron sharpens iron. Parlor games against Michael Jordan is a bit that I would do. and I'm sure I'm sure uh, he'd beat me in literally everything because he's good at everything. But that I would be in for
0: that. Yeah, I I I would be in for view and, and I'd love to play Mike and I I pick ping pong actually if I could get in there. If MJ's listening, and me, t- me
4: too actually.
0: Oh, really? I well maybe we can Look, maybe we can do a Carmen versus Benetti ping pong match at some point here. You got you got ping pong talent? I do. I do. I have deceptively
4: uh not terrible lateral movement.
0: Uh-huh. I, well, well, I I saw I saw one video with you and Robbie Hummel where he's dunking on you, and I was like, "Look at Benetti; he's making moves in the lane." I mean, I thought it was pretty solid.
4: Yeah, I look, there's there's a little uh, sneaky athletic, like could beat you in a game of horse if it went bad for you, sort of thing going on here. So don't uh, don't underestimate, kids.
0: Yeah, well, it's 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 that's awesome. <laughs> Hey, this is. This is uh, this. I, I don't sleep on anyone, so I, I, I you know, this is. I, I, I like the competitive spirit here. Let before you go, Jason. What, what do you want to see happen the rest of the way here? Like, what would you? What are your your number one hopes for the rest of uh, August here in September?
4: A fun, well played baseball, and continue the the Mets series. Made me think about Lopez, Giolito, and Steve starting those three games against Cindergard and Degrom and Wheeler. And the Sox were in it late in all three games, basically. And so to have those three, the, the sturdy, young arms who are supposed to be here in the future, have great ends of the season would be number one for me. And then is uh, beyond that, some uh, added development for the younger offensive players as well. But to see Yohan Moncada hit the finish line strong after the hamstring uh, situation would be great. And to see him pile up some numbers that suggest the star that we see he's becoming, based on our our eyeballs, would be awesome.
0: Jason Benetti quiz given to Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito. Who does better?
4: Uh, so here's the thing: it's about that was that back in the day was about Syracuse sports. So neither does very well. I the thing about it is, I talked to those guys and I learned something about either pitching or life just about every time I talk to them. So I'm less about uh, asking people what information of mine they should know now and <laughs> what information I'm lacking they can give me.
2: Yeah,
0: no, I, I get this it. It's a nice positive switch. Most definitely. I'm just pointing out those two dudes are some pretty high-brained individuals right there on, that the Chicago White Sox uh, you know, have in their organization. I, I, I'm always impressed to like you two – have a lot of brain power.
4: Oh, it's awesome. I mean, and it suggests future success, too, I think. It suggests future ability to adjust above average, well above average.
0: Yep, no doubt. Jason Benetti, great to talk to you, my friend. Have a great call tonight. Carm, thank you. Jason Benetti on 720 WGN. Of course, him Stony Stoney with the TV call tonight. Farmio and DJ ready to rock and roll. 6.05, your first pitch. They'll have their pregame right around 5.55. And he will take over at 5.30 here. Congratulations, by the way, to uh, Luis Roberts. It's his birthday. Uh, but he was also named the White Sox Minor League Player of the Month for July. That is not exactly a huge surprise. That is his third uh, time this year in 2019 that he's been named the Minor League Player of the Month. I think Luis Roberts is going to be a pretty good player. I think he's got a chance. Uh, Class AA is where you get your pitcher of the month. That is left-hander Matt Tomshaw, as uh, his numbers were very strong in the month of July. Both those guys honored earlier this week. As uh, White Sox also made a bunch of roster moves this week, including... Last night, it was uh, too bad to see Carson Fulmer blow out his hamstring or injure his hamstring, I should say, on his way down to first base trying to uh, win the game last night at the plate. So to the 10 day uh, DL IL, I should say to, uh, for Carson and up is Dylan Covey back with the club after being sent down after last Sunday's game. We'll do our week in review as we come on back here. White Sox and Phillies coming on up. It's White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. At the
4: wall, a three eighty gone, a three run homer for Tim Anderson. Three one White
1: Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on seven twenty WGN. Thanks to
0: Jason Bidente for jumping on White Sox Weekly today. Andy Mazur is going to have your pregame show in oh about ten minutes here, and he joins me right now. Andy, I got a question for you? Yes, car. You were doing Padres radio for how long? Uh, For seven seasons. And you did Cubs radio for how long? About eight seasons. So that would be about 15 seasons if I I could uh, Mm -hmm. do the math there. Have you ever in your baseball career seen a pitcher, in this case Vince Velasquez, Mm -hmm. in left field throwing out runners at the plate, like looking...
5: It looked I, like he belonged out there.
0: Yeah, he was a better left fielder than I was going to say, like, 67% of the left fielders in the world. And Roman Quinn, who is the Philly center fielder, on the mound, and I'm not going to say he looked like a major league pitcher, but he looked like capable for high school. Two innings. Two innings. He was throwing strikes.
5: He was throwing strikes. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, Velasquez throws out a guy at the plate. And I'll tell you what, if it weren't for the fact that Larry Garcia is fast, yeah, he would not,
0: Wait, They might still be playing, right? That was right. He barely beat it. This is this further. In, it, it, this is further evidence that my theory is correct. Okay, that when you look into the future, what's the year now? Twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Let's go to twenty one nineteen. The whole specialization, the pitcher, and this that. Everybody's going to play everything, man. They're they the pitchers are going to be out and left. They're going to they're move them all around. Everybody, they, we keep raising the bar. This whole thing, you can pitch, but you can't hit. It's going to go away. The whole DH thing. That's not even going to be a conversation in twenty one nineteen. I hope to see you there in twenty one nineteen. Yeah, if I'm there, we got a story, and if you're there, we got a bigger story.
5: Um, but the the fact remains, you know, with the rules changing, the way they're going to probably change next year with um, the minimum of three batters per per pitcher, you might see these situations pop up. Where a guy will, uh, you know, pitch and then play left field and the left fielder will come in and throw and then it's, it's crazy. I, I, I love when pitch, I, I love when a position player pitches. Twitter lights up with, uh, p- pitcher, uh, position player pitching alerts. And, you know, what? sometimes it's comical. You know, Jose Rondon did it the other day or uh, earlier in the season when he was throwing 45 miles an hour. And I felt like, okay, well, if he can throw 45, I can at least. Maybe face,
0: face one batter at 45. I mean, I when they had the, the pitching contest early in the season. Oh, it was, that's right. You were what, 58? I, I hit 52, 52? 50, you know, I was giving 50, you a lot of credit. 51, 52. Curtis, you look like you want to say something over there?
2: No, I, I was just getting loose because I think
5: I could top 52. Oh. Yeah. I could throw 90 if you gave me two pitches to add up together.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. Executive producer Curtis, by the way, doing a great job, as always. Uh, Anything uh, special on the pregame show today? I know you're excited.
5: Yeah, totally excited. We're going to hear the uh, interview that Matt Skull did after the game yesterday Uh with uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. And uh, we're going to have a little bit more of your conversation with uh, with him as well. So that's all double, coming up double, on the pregame
0: show. Double duty for Skull. He got the TV and he, and he got the radio. The yeah. whole thing going on here. And you know, I remember talking to him last year after
5: that uh, play in Cleveland when he hit the home run. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, what a what a likable guy,
0: right? Total grinder. Hopefully I'll get another shot to put on a big league yeah. uniform and, and now getting to do it. Good for him. Yep, definitely. Twenty one uh, bombs at Triple A. All right, Annie, good to see you. You too, Carm. We'll see you in a second on the old pregame show. Let's do a little uh our week in review as we go back to the Met series. Uh, which started out with uh, the White Sox losing Game One for nothing, but we go to Game Two, and uh, this was Tim Anderson in the ninth inning as the White Sox were able to send it into extras.
2: This one, a high pop up center field This is going to be interesting. Dealing with it, the center fielder and the throw coming in. This is a good throw, but it's
4: offline or even a two. Sacrifice fly, RBI,
0: and that was uh, Tim's first game back uh, with the big league club after coming back from the injury with the sprained ankle. Good to see. White Sox ended up losing five to two. Uh, we move along to the Friday night action with, uh, rather, this is which game do you got here, Curtis? You jumped the gun yesterday. This is yesterday's game, really, with Jose Abreu. Okay, this is Abreu yesterday going deep against the Phillies.
2: There's a
4: high fly deep left field. Got a chance to go at the track, at the wall. Two run homer for Abreu, and the Sox lead two nothing on a hanging
5: changeup.
0: And that was sweet, but even sweeter. Top of the fifteenth, Abreu back at the plate.
5: Not in time. Garcia slides around the tag of Rielamuto. I
0: think we jumped the gun. There just announced. Do we have the? Do we have, do it again? No. Yeah, let's let's try that one more time, Jose Abreu at the plate.
5: Anyone will do at this point, two or three. Let's just say at this point, Abreu, don't help him out. Here's the pitch. Line drive, left field, Garcia racing for third, being waved home. The throw from the left fielder. Not in time. Garcia slides around the tag of Real Amuto.
0: Double dose of DJ yesterday getting to call some play-by-play in the 15th. We do rewind back, though, in the 14th with Velasquez, the Phillies pitcher in left field. White Sox trying to win the ballgame.
4: And a line drive, base hit to left field. A to third. They're waving him home. The throw to the plate by Velasquez on a couple hops. in time. How about that? Vince Velasquez with an outfield assist. Line drive to left field. Velasquez. Diving no, catch. No Oh, man, what a play. Vince Velasquez just made
0: this. Made sure this was only a one-run deficit. We had the diving catch in there also. Congratulations to Vince. That's awesome. You're pitching. You're playing left field. Great job. Uh, and great job by the White Sox getting a victory last night, ending the slide at four. Sox at Phillies coming right on up here. Pregame right around the corner, 720 WGN.